Hey, James, here's an email from a guy named Jason Pereira, who lives in Toronto. Um, He says, I am Canadian-born to two Portuguese immigrants, and as such, many of the social norms I conform to are around family events and religious festivities. Currently, I am preparing to throw a party to celebrate the baptism of my firstborn son, Logan. Now, traditionally, this is a profitable event for the parents, as in Portuguese and many other cultures, the gift typically given is cash. This is also the case in weddings, as it was with my own a few years ago. This got me to thinking about the dynamics of the gifting of cash surrounding these events. Basically, guests fall into one of the following categories, and each has its own set of expectations. Category one, immediate family of European background, expected to give large gifts of cash. Number two, immediate family of non-European background can give whatever they want unless they've been given cash by you and if they have equivalent cash as expected. Wow, I didn't know it was so codified, <laughs> but okay, go but ahead. Wait, there's more. Go ahead. Other family and friends. I've of- done it all wrong every <laughs> baptism I've gone to. Um, category three, other family and friends of European descent expected to give less than immediate family, but still expected to give. And category four, other non-European descendant guests can give whatever they like. In turn, one is expected to give at least what they were given when invited to the equivalent event by the guests at their events. He goes on, and basically he's saying, you know, it dawned on me, he writes, that this is essentially a series of interest-free loans enforced by social pressure. Given that one receives roughly what they give, how rational is this? How are those who fail to conform to the norm punished? What is their incentive Ah. to fail to conform? Well, this this is like circumcision also, similar type of codification. Right, I I circumcised you, you have to circumcise me. Me now is that what you said circumcision no but that the the ceremony and gift giving yeah. is similar it's almost exactly like is that, that true yeah don't you think J- among jews who circumcised yeah. no we didn't we received no circumcision you didn't get ca- cash cash well i have either two daughters, that or so. some or my I have two daughters, been, so i don't know really yeah yeah no um but i've, I've been watching i've been re-watching the sopranos from the start and there are many f- occasions at which envelopes of cash are, are yeah. you know pro forma passed along yeah, but anyway, let's pretend that there's big cash at the circumcisions. What's your point? So the point the point is, uh, there's an incentive to have lots of kids, and so your family. Wait, where's the incentive to have lots of kids? Because the more kids I have, yeah, the more cash coming in. So if I have more kids than you, you've given me more money than I've given you. And you're so, saying under this old world incentive scheme, right? And there's okay. a, and there's a reason for that is because your brother, who's immediate family doesn't want to have to take care of you when you're older. He wants your kids to take care of you. So he wants you, but some of your kids might die. So he wants you to have as many kids as possible. So that this whole thing, my theory, stems from the kids take care of the elders, which is tradition in traditional societies like this, that's what happens. And the immediate family, if, if the kids aren't around, then the immediate family has to take care of you. So they want to incentivize you to have as many kids as possible. And so you want to you're incentivized because you make more money the more kids you have. So according to that logic then you want to give very very generously at any event at any family event, right? So that they feel like it's worth it to have kids and hey, we've already had four but maybe we should have five because my brother gives us such big gifts for baptism. If, and- if you know you're going to have a lot of kids, then you should give as generously as possible because let's say No, if you you want the other people to have all the kids, don't you? No, no, no. You you well, uh you're, the incentive, you want some the, the incentive keep, works. Yeah. Like I'm saying, if you if you're gonna go along with the incentive, the way you would work it is by giving as much as possible mm-hmm. to all of your relatives because you know you're gonna beat them at their own game. So I like your explanation. If we were sitting here like 80 years ago, 
Okay. I think that would make a lot of but, sense. But, but I don't but think he, the incentives are strong enough now. But, in, see how he says the first sentence of the question. I am Canadian-born to two Portuguese immigrants. So? And as such, many of the social norms I conform to are around family events and religious festivities. Right, kind of older mm-hmm. conventions. Okay. Right. So right. 80 years ago... Yes, we would be saying this, but he's still following conventions that happened years ago. So you're saying that the, all the norms are attached to an out... Okay, so we should say that there's a whole economic literature on fertility, right? And it used to be that um, we had a lot of kids to help do the work, right? When many people did manual labor. But then the richer people get, and the less agricultural we get, the fewer kids we have. But then there's what you're suggesting is the need for someone to take care of us in old age, which happens a lot in some cultures and not a lot in other cultures. In American culture, maybe the least in history. Right. So if you were going to take American, uh, you know, again, more secular conventions, there probably wouldn't even be like like in your family. You got there was no cash around circumcision time. Hey, did you know that? Um, more than half of the states in the U.S. have laws on the books that require grown children to help care for their parents if they need it. Did you know that? Uh, I did not know that. These are very, very, very old laws. They go back to Victorian England, and they are called um, family blank laws, not family continuity laws. But they're but basically, because in the olden, olden, olden days where it was expected that, you know, parents would be cared for and before Social Security and before government and private pensions, whatever, there were laws. But a lot of those laws are on the books in the U.S., but they're almost never invoked. But they were set up for this purpose that you're saying, which is to ensure that the kids are going to take care of the parents if well, they happen to be rotten kids. Well, well, I think because America turned everything upside down, you know, with the Industrial Revolution, you know, everybody kind of moved to urban areas, worked in factories, moved away from their families. Kind of the family broke down in a traditional sense. You kind of had to, uh, regulation moved in to kind of, re- you know, keep the old conventions. Whereas they didn't do that necessarily, I'm guessing, in, in Europe because right. they didn't have to. But but by the way, it reminds me of a law, um, and, and this is related to another question we've had, but... Did you know this? And this is this is unrelated to this question. But did you know that if a kid's parents are divorced and the kid wants to go to college, he or she can sue the parents to uh, force them to pay for college? Oh, and how do you know that law? Uh, I study the space. <laughs> and one, one <laughs> girl studied. recently won when she sued her divorced parents, mm. and got, uh, they have to pay for her college. We'll dig even deeper into this question of the day right after this. The Academy Award-winning director of Slumdog Millionaire and the Academy Award-winning screenwriter of The Social Network have teamed up to bring us a new movie starring Michael Fassbender simply called Steve Jobs. Take a peek at the incredible life and backstory in this new film and discover what led to the visionary Apple CEO becoming a household name. IndieWire calls it must-see, one-of-a-kind cinema that cannot be ignored. And Variety declares it's impossible to take your eyes off Michael Fassbender. Don't miss this stunning film about one of the most influential people of our time. From Universal Pictures, Steve Jobs opens in select theaters this Friday, October 9th. You can catch it everywhere beginning October 16th. But I like what this guy is getting at also in terms of the quid pro quo and like, isn't it stupid, right? 
So yeah. let's say whether it's family or friends, like, okay, I'll give you an example. My kids, I, I'm Jewish. My family's Jewish. Both my kids, my daughter, my son had a bar mitzvah. My daughter had a bat mitzvah. In their grades, um, you know, there's a lot, there are a lot of Jewish kids, you know, some more in one grade more than others. But, you know, my daughter could end up going to 20 or 30 bar and bat mitzvahs in a season. Oh, my God. Right? And honestly, the kids love it. Really? They love it because it's a party. It's basically a party that is attached to the religious um, ritual that happens earlier in the day, right? But here's the point. If you're the parent of one of these kids, you just kind of recirculate the money through the community. So, like, Jewish gifts are typically in a multiple of 18, right? So you'll write a check to the new bar mitzvah for, you know, whatever, $54 or whatever it is. But then when it's your turn, then everybody just writes the same check to you. And I think, like, this guy who wrote to us, this is just nuts. Like that, That's why if this question is important to you, you either have zero kids or a lot of kids. Because <laughs> so if you have zero kids, it's unfair, right? Because then you're going to all these bar mitzvahs right. from your friends' kids. But pretend you don't have any kids at all. What it's really getting at, I think, here is about reciprocity generally, especially enforced reciprocity. But it's reciprocity only if you're dealing with two equal. Uh, not necessarily. Let's say you work in an office with a bunch of people, and there's a custom that, like, a bunch meaning not 25 or 50, but, like, eight. And a custom begins where Everybody people gives, start gives getting Christmas on, gifts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. That's a trick. That's why cash is often, you know, if you if you pull some, you know, what do they do? What do they call Secret it? Secret Santa. Yeah. Right. That's, you, the, you, that's you, like the efficient version. You're usually right. not supposed to give cash. Like, they usually say, don't give cash. Like, you have to kind of use a little more creativity in right. your gift. But if you're in a circle like this, right, whether it's an office or a bunch of kids who are 13 having bar mitzvahs or a big family with a lot of kids— wouldn't it kind of make more sense to just say, rather than like rewriting these checks over and over, and rather than me buying all of these people a gift every year that they almost certainly don't want, and then there's that huge what's called dead weight loss associated with it, right? Wouldn't it be better to just take money, cash, and put it in a fund and maybe manage the fund and everybody would have the right to draw it down for the use? And maybe it's even the use of something pro-social, right? I don't mean that it's got to be— Yeah, no, that's kind of a cool idea. I like that idea. If you're in like a—if everybody's in the same community, like you're—you know, not everybody is a perfect community. Like you might have—like I might go to your bar mitzvahs, you might go to my bar mitzvahs, but then we go to bar mitzvahs that are not in the right. same community. So then your, your strategy doesn't quite work. Let me make—let me argue against my argument. Okay. Even it, though I just totally destroyed your argument, but let me, go ahead. You're right. And, let me. You destroy my argument perfectly, but let me now join you in destroying it even further, which is that a it wouldn't work, right? Because as you just said, like the circles aren't perfect, right? Right? Or they don't overlap always. But then additionally, it's like you know this is one this is one problem with hanging around with economists a lot is economists have a view of every problem and a way to fix every problem. But sometimes, and how many problems have they actually fixed? One and a half, I'd say. But often, it just fails to acknowledge the way people really feel about each other, and the fact that this reciprocity, whether it's enforced or not, right? Whether it's family functions or in an office, even if it looks economically wildly inefficient, that there are benefits to that reciprocity that we can't even begin to measure. 
and that we should probably really appreciate and just leave them alone. Well, I think that is right, particularly the way we initially started talking about it, where there was, in, in like you were saying 80 years ago, there might be incentives for your immediate family to want you to have more kids. Then that's why they would give generous gifts, the most generous gifts out of all those layers he, he sort of structured. Uh, but right now, you know, like for instance, I don't, not that I'm being cheap, but I don't go to any, I never go to a wedding. Um, maybe I'll give a gift if I really like. Why don't you go? I just feel like it's. You, the, I, I think I know the answer actually. I, 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 I think you're too worried that you will inadvertently seduce kiss the bride. <laughs> seduce the bride, that she will fall out of love with her new husband. Because obviously people could see on the QOD banner how just dashing and handsome I am. It, it's a very, it's a danger with me. Stay tuned. In mere seconds, you'll hear a sneak peek of our next question of the day. But first, thanks again to Universal Pictures and their upcoming film, Steve Jobs, for sponsoring today's episode. The director of Slumdog Millionaire and the writer of The Social Network have teamed up to bring you Steve Jobs, a film about the legendary Apple CEO. In select theaters this Friday, October 9th. Catch it everywhere, October 16th. What's the best way to show your love for Question of the Day? Just go to iTunes and write us a review. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way, you won't miss this. If you have a, a book with, let's say, X number of facts in it that are interesting to you. Yeah, what percent what, do what I remember? Will you One, remember? two. It's okay. like about the same percent as the specials that I'll remember in a restaurant when a waiter comes and recites them. Yeah.